Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. My family and I were at a small town parade this past weekend. I love going to these things. Uh, there's just something about them. If you haven't been able to, to go to one recently, uh, you really should. Uh, besides the bags full of candy that your, your kids bring home because they, they're thrown from every float available, uh, they're, they're just a lot of fun to be a part of, to see the bands from the high school and the junior highs and, and, and just all the different things that are a part of it. And something that happened at this one that, you know, I don't know if I will ever get used to this. <laughs> and that is, there was a gal that stand, was standing behind me and she was talking with a guy. And, and as the float went by, it was a political float. It was, you know, something like, you know, vote for this or don't vote for that or whatever. And she was caught in amazement at the fact that they were trying to do whatever they were doing with this ballot measure or whatever it was. And to me, I was like, you know, I don't understand how you don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say anything to her or anything like that. It wasn't rude. But it, but it happens every once in a while where people will say, you know, they're trying to do that or that happened or what's that all about? And for, for those of us that, you know, we are in the the, you know, the, the, the news cycles and we're, you know, we're history buffs and political junkies and all this different thing. We, we tend to have a pretty firm grasp on what is going on, particularly in the media and that type of thing. Um, but it, it, it's amazing to us. Sometimes we, we lose track of the fact that most people go about their day and go about their lives and they don't really pay much attention to what is in the news and what the media is about. I mean, if you look at, at the polling recently, you can see that, that the media is having less and less and less of an influence on people. In fact, their, uh, their polling right now is, is showing them as less popular and less trusted than, than, than Congress. That's, that's really bad. So, so it, is just, it just is not something that normal everyday people pay too much attention to. So in that vein, I thought what I would do is I would bring to you maybe three stories here that you may not have heard about uh, here recently. So um, first of all, these are all from last week. And, and on the 13th, the Daily Mail came out with an article entitled, Mother Sue's School After They Disciplined Her Daughter Seven Years Old and Forced Her to Make a Public Apology for Writing Any Life on a Black Lives Matter drawing. <laughs> yeah, we have to get into this one. A woman is suing her uh, uh, her seven-year-old daughter's elementary school after she was allegedly forced to make a public apology for writing any life on a Black Lives Matter drawing. And if you haven't seen this, it was a, it was a poster up on the wall um, and it said, you know, Black Lives Matter, and then it had, you know, some colors, what looked like maybe thumbprints or something, uh, all, you know, either black or brown. And, and, and her daughter uh, wrote any life under, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, and Chelsea Boyles was a first, uh, first grader, 
and uh, who has ADHD, was allegedly told by her principal at Vallejo Elementary School in Mission Vallejo, California, that she can't draw pictures anymore. That's what she was told. And can't write those words that she wrote, those, <laughs> those terrible words, after being disciplined for creating the Any Lives Matter drawing. Now, the, the pictures showed the words Black Lives Matter, as I said, with four round shapes in various tones of brown and beige and yellow, which was intended to represent her friends who were, um, you know, racially mixed. She added any life above the shapes. And one of her friends took the picture home. When a parent saw it and was said to have found it offensive, then all of a sudden it, it kind of got brought to life and to, and to the attention of the administration. This prompted the principal, Jesus uh, Becerra, uh, to, to punish uh, Mrs. Boyle's daughter by making her publicly apologize. Again, let, remember here, this is a seven-year-old daughter who he was a first grader, uh, it, it sounds like, in, in this case. Um and she was made to publicly apologize on the playground to her classmates and teachers. It is also claimed that Mrs. Boyle's daughter was then banned from recess and forced to sit on a bench watching the other children play. Why? Because she wrote on this poster. The incident is said to have happened a year ago. So again, that's why she was in in first grade, but her mother, Mrs. Boyle, only discovered what had happened after another parent told her recently. So the parent didn't even know. She wasn't notified of what had happened. She wasn't notified of the punishments that took place. This happened a year ago. Can you imagine this happening to you, where all of a sudden, by some accident, you find out that this happened to your child? Mrs. Boyle said that she didn't think her daughter did anything wrong. I was immediately angry. I would be too. I didn't know what had happened. I knew it was wrong fundamentally. My daughter's rights were taken away, and I just started reaching out to find out what compelled, spe um, what compelled speech was. I didn't know what it was until I spoke to attorneys, uh, she told Fox News on Wednesday. Her attorney, Alexander Baberbush, um, added that every single student in, his, um, in, 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 his, in, in this country has a right to free speech. Now, those rights are even stronger when a school tries to compel speech. So when they, when they try to make you say something, those rights kick in even stronger. When a school tries to make you say something, as opposed to just telling you you know, what you can't say, um, then it's, it's even more strong. That's exactly what happened here. And it's even worse than that, because not only was she made to apologize for a, a totally, um, innocuous drawing, one that, that, you know, it didn't, they didn't even know uh, how, how you could look at that and, and see anything, but, but racial tolerance, right? I mean, it, it's not it. It's not like she she drew some sort of racially depicting a picture or or you know something that that was just terrible, and and yet 
here she is in trouble for it. Quote, but not only was she made to apologize for that, she's actually been punished on top of it, unquote. Chelsea's daughter was was deprived of her ability to do art, is, is what they're saying. She suffers from severe HD uh, or ADHD. Uh, art is her main outlet. And, and uh, taking that away is a s- severe uh, deprivation of, of something that, that really has a, the- uh, uh, a, a, a really good effect on her. Um, and so this, this not only was she made to obviously apologize to everybody, including her teachers, and then had to sit out her recess, but then they, of course, took her art away and told her she can't do things. On being asked about her daughter's well-being, Mrs. Boyle said she went out to buy her a, a bunch of art supplies and her art's coming along leaps and bounds. <laughs> so, so she's doing really great, she says. Uh, it's it's even worse than that because not only was she made to apologize for for these drawings, but obviously, uh, you know th- this th- this just spiraled out of control and for no reason whatsoever ever really in in my mind. Uh, speaking to Red State, Mrs. Boyle said that my daughter see, uh, my my children see color as color, as a description. I am trying to raise them the way the world should be not the way it is that's how i'm trying to make my personal change her best friend is brown not black but brown and she didn't understand why she didn't matter why her friend didn't matter she has another friend that is japanese and she doesn't understand it was something that she came up with on her own and she just didn't understand it it was completely innocent, and that broke my heart, she says. So, you know, what she wrote was not racist. The, the sign was racist. What she wrote was not. And yet she's the one that's categorized here by this administration at the school as being racist. I mean, professionally, these are professionals in the elementary school, and they're, they're professionals that that know how are supposed to anyway know how to teach children and understand ch- how children learn i mean in, in fact in most states you have to have a bachelor's degree in order to even be a teacher so here you have teachers and here you have an administration who this is a principal who probably has to have even higher than a bachelor's degree in order to be the principal there and and this is what they think is good for children. This is what they think will help this child learn and, and to, to grow emotionally in every other way. This is what, no, th- this is absolutely pathetic. The public school system has turned into indoctrination centers. It's, it's that simple. I have been on a school board for years. I am not currently, but I, I, I was on a school board and I think it was about at least 10 or 12 years. And, and, and the school system has continued to go downhill and go downhill and go downhill. And now we're just seeing that so much happen within the, the school system as far as indoctrination. It's not teaching them what they need to know, their life skills, in order to be good citizens and, and, and live within the community. No, that's not what they're teaching. They're teaching them indoctrination type stuff, and they become indoctrination centers. 
everyone graduates now in in uh, in, in in some states, Oregon, Washington. Uh, there there are states where you can't not graduate. <laughs> I mean, the 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 diplomas mean nothing now because there's nothing tied to it. You you can. You can not turn your stuff in. You can, you know, not even go to to, to class. And yet, you know what? We're going to give you a diploma anyway, um, because nobody fails type of scenario. Uh, it's it's just pathetic. And it's some. And this is one of the reasons why you're seeing more and more and more people turn to either private school or they're turning to homeschooling. And and is seeing an absolute explosion. Even the the homeschooling end of things has seen an absolute explosion of students going that direction because our public school systems are just not doing what they need to be doing now. So let's turn to another one. From Ash Show, who uh, writes for the Daily Wire, uh, the um, article is entitled, Illegal Immigrant Arrested for Alleged Rape of a 10-Year-Old Ohio Girl. This is kind of a sad story. Uh, An illegal immigrant in Ohio has allegedly confessed to the rape of a young girl in a case that bears similarities to a widely reported claim about a pregnant child who traveled to Indiana for an abortion. Um, so, if, again, if you hadn't seen what was going on here, um, there, because of the abortion debate and things, uh, there's a lot of people on the left that are just freaking out now that abortion has been sent back to the states. And because of that, they're trying to come up with all these different things saying, well, you know, this, why this is bad and why we need abortion uh, on demand, uh, all, you know, for all the terms uh, in every state. Uh, and one of those uh, things that they tried to come up with was, hey, I know of the, there was this doctor. I know, I know of this little girl. She was 10 years old and she had to go to a different state in order to have an abortion because the state where she was in wouldn't allow it. Um, and so, um, there, obviously there was some media that tried to follow up and say, okay, where was this? And all, you know, number one, how are you telling me about this? And, and number two, okay, I, where is this? And of course there was a, a period of time where it didn't even look like it was a real thing. It was just some made up case, but we do see that it probably wasn't made up. Here's Gershon Fuentes, 27 of Columbia was arrested on Tuesday and charged with first degree rape. Police said he confessed to raping the child at least twice according to the Columbia Dispatch. The outlet noted that police were informed of the girl's pregnancy after her mother reported it to Franklin County Children's Services on June 22nd. Columbia Police uh, Detective Jeffrey Hoon uh, testified uh, during Fuente's Wednesday arraignment that the young girl received an abortion in Indianapolis. DNA from the Indianapolis clinic that performed the abortion is still being tested to confirm Fuentes committed the crime and and the young girl's siblings are also being tested. Franklin Community Municipal Court Judge Cynthia Ebner said uh, set bail at $2 million. That's good for her. Saying the suspect is a possible flight risk and a danger to the child. It is still unclear whether Ohio state uh, law forced the girl to cross state lines to obtain an abortion, since the pregnancy unlikely would have caused a, a health risk to the girl, right? I mean, she's 10 years, well, actually, she was probably nine years old. We'll get to that in a second. And thus, if since it was a health risk, it would be covered under the Buckeye state law. 
Fox News uh, said uh, that that a source questioned whether the girl was simply referred to an expert in a different state or if she actually had to go there. Ohio Attorney General David Yost, when pre- uh, previously expressing skepticism about the story, said that if the girl had become pregnant, Ohio law would not prevent her from having an abortion. This young girl, if she exists, and if this horrible thing actually happened to her, it breaks my heart to think about it. She did not have to leave Ohio to find treatment, Yost said, told Fox News' Jesse Waters. Now, following uh, news of the arrest, Yost uh, released a short statement saying, We rejoice anytime a child rapist is taken off the streets. Uh, Yost later added that he's absolutely delighted that this monster has been taken off the streets. If convicted, he should spend the rest of his life in prison. I would definitely concur with that. The original story uh, led to questions, of course. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't it, right? It would li- uh, it, it would uh, lead to questions about its its veracity, uh, given the the scant details provided by the abortion doctor. Uh, multiple news outlets, including the Washington Post, raised questions about the story, and the Dispatch reported that Fuentes allegedly admitted through an interpreter to raping the girl in a confession to detectives. The young victim also reportedly told police that Fuentes was the father of her unborn child. Assistant Franklin County Prosecutor Dan Myers also testified at Wednesday's hearing that the girl had recently turned 10, which this is why I was referring to you. This This means that she was probably nine years old when she became pregnant. Clark Torbett, a uh, Franklin County public defender, said during the hearing that it was unconstitutional to hold Fuentes without bail, uh, especially since the DNA testing hadn't uh, confirmed that he was the father. Torbett also said that Fuentes had lived in uh, Columbus for the past seven years and had steady work at at a cafe. An address for Fuentes was, quote, not at the same location as the 10 year old, but as we'll see in a second, that uh, probably was just a bad address. So, like I say, the story gets sadder and weirder, actually. Um, the mother of the 10-year-old uh, rape victim told Telemundo on Thursday that her daughter is fine. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, her daughter is fine. Suggesting that the media uh, are lying about her daughter's alleged rape by a 27-year-old uh, Gerson Fuentes. Now, she said this, quote, everything they are saying against him is a lie, unquote. And this is from a woman claiming to be the, the victim's mother, um, according to Telemundo. And the reporter that was that was doing the interview at the, at the front door, there is video of this, the reporter was at the home of Fuentes when a woman who identified herself as the victim's mother answered the door, and she did not give her name, nor did she want to go on camera. The alleged mother uh, added that her 10-year-old daughter is fine, and Jorge Banilla, who serves as the Media Research Center's director of MRC Latino, uh, said that the relationship between Fuentes and the victim and the girl's mother remains unclear. Um, Yeah, there's some questions to be answered there, right? Bonita uh, speculated that the alleged rapist could be connected to the mother and noted that that fear of deportation could be a factor contributing to the bizarre interview. Quote, this portion of a broader interview sheds significant light on the familial dynamics of this case and further vindicates all skepticism over how the story broke and how it was handled, he said. 
we don't even get to point this uh, get to this point without the critical work of PJ Media's Megan Fox and so many others. He went on to say, uh, "This appears to to confirm my thesis." They said uh, of a domestic situation wherein the confessed rapist is also the paramour of the victim's mother. Uh, other family uh, relation is possible, but less likely. Uh, Bonita also said that, unfortunately, I saw many of these cases while working as a court uh, interpreter. The mother uh, distressed uh, defense of a rapist suggests a, a few things. A, that she is also here illegally and fears deportation, right? She, she wants this thing to go away. Um, B, the defendant is the family's sole source of income. And so she doesn't know what she's going to do. It's not actually just her and the, and her daughter. There's other children here also involved. And C, there is a likelihood of other children in the home, obviously. And so are they, you know, being, um, you know, abused or are things happening there? And D, mom is, uh, you know, exposed to removal of her children under the dependency proceedings. In other words, failure to protect her kids Um, and has been uh, and and, and there has actually been such a filing um, that that could have could come, but has not yet been done. So why? Why hasn't that been filed? Uh, The director continued um, to. Uh, pose some questions in this case, and I think they're valid questions. What was the time gap between the initial reporting of the rape and the filing of criminal charges? Uh, why did the referring uh, abortion provider not report the rape to authorities? I mean, this is a, a, a very cut and clear and dry case that this should have been under mandatory reporting. There is no way to get around that. Uh, was the child forced to live with her rapist in in, you know, furtherance of, of, uh, an, an abortion narrative. Um, what was the child, uh, you know, was, was the child compelled to stay quiet until, you know, after news of the abortion was leaked to the media? And if so, how so? And, and was, was criminal reporting of the rape of a, you know, La- Latina girl, uh, suppressed or delayed in furtherance of a political agenda? These questions, they really need to be answered and they need to be answered as soon as possible. Um, I, I, I would say that th- this is just a heartbreaking case. And this is this is one of those things that uh, when you when the the I've said for a long time that when l- the left gets they, they, they get removed from power, they're out of power, they get a little loopy. This has gone beyond loopy. Uh, this the the things that we are seeing because of the Supreme Court case are heartbreaking, and and some of the things that that they're trying to come up with just make no sense whatsoever, and why you would even bring this kind of stuff up. But you know, I guess when you're desperate, right? So I I would say let's let's end uh, today on a little lighter note, right? <laughs> I know I hear you saying thank you, right? Um, and this is from the 13th uh, of last week. Uh, Amanda Harding of the Daily Wire reported, Welcome to the microtransaction hell. <laughs> Twitter reacts to BMW charging $18 per month 
to use heated seats. <laughs> yeah, you heard me right. BMW owners are furious that on, on top of the cost of the luxury car, because BMWs are not cheap, they'll be required to pay a monthly subscription fee to use features like heated seats. <laughs> per the New York Post, subscription plans recently rolled out in the United Kingdom, Germany, and South Korea, and several other markets, which, in, which included fees for premium features. BMW owners will be forced to pay the equivalent of $18 per month to use heated seats in their cars. Owners also have the option, because <laughs> it doesn't stop there, right? If that, but but it, you know they they want to be nice to you, right? They have the option to pay one hundred and eighty dollars per year to use their heated seats, or can opt to spend three hundred dollars for a three year subscription, or four hundred and fifteen for unlimited access. The publication reported. It's unclear whether subscriptions will be required in the United States at a future date. I kind of think that's probably not going to happen, but, you know, who knows? Um, quote, front seat heating gets things nice and cozy in, in, in no time, BMW's UK site says. Uh, activation after purchase is quick and easy. So they, <laughs> they make it really quick and easy for uh, them to take your money. Heated seats aren't the only premium feature with an upcharge. Get this. It's not just the seats. In some markets, owners will pay $12 per month to use their heated steering wheels. Um, it'll cost $42 per month for uh, uh, an adaptive cruise control. Uh, the feature then switches off high beams automatically when another car appears. And guess how much that is? $12 a month. <laughs> So this is adding up. Uh, anyone who wants to connect uh, to uh, you know their iPhones uh, to the car's um, system through Apple's CarPlay feature will be charged $265. Reactions on social media were swift and brutal. <laughs> Says this, this is wild. BMW is now selling a monthly subscription service for heated seats. <laughs> Welcome to microtransaction hell. <laughs> Can't say enough about how insane and dysphorian this is. Another person agreed. It's not a subscription for heated seats. It's a subscription to disable the software that BMW has installed to prevent you from using the heated seats, which is, of course, already built in. <laughs> There's a good chance that other luxury brands will follow suit during an, an interview with the, you know, with the Verge. Uh, Mercedes-Benz CEO said that he'll uh, be likely to offer subscription-based upgrades in their vehicles as well. He says, quote, I think you need to offer customers both. Some customers don't like the price. They just want the best, most desirable product. Whatever it costs, just let me pay it now. And that's it, he said. Talk about somebody who's out of touch, right? You have, uh, you have the option. But I think you can add functionality as you go along. You let people choose what they want uh, through the app store. This is true digital uh, recurring revenue. Yes. Yeah, see, this is where it, it, it gets right down to. It's about money. Uh, he says, it, it's not about just selling your 2.5 million vehicles or whatever a year, the CEO continued. You, your uh, install base should grow and grow uh, so that... One day you'll have tens of millions of vehicles. Then if you start 
monetizing some per month in that install base, the lever actually starts looking quite attractive. I think we are onto something here. He says, I mean, it's like a, it's like a cartoon from a villain or something. It is too early to say how much this economic potential is, but it is there. So, I mean, you've heard about shrinkflation, right? I mean, you, your candy bars or whatever, uh, they're the same price at the store, but they're smaller. It's called shrinkflation. Um, instead of raising the price, they just give you less. And that's what's happening here. I mean, they literally have the car, the, the heated seats and everything installed. They're just preventing you from using them unless you give them money. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like income taxes. Uh, you know, you, 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 you pay up front to, to, uh, and that way you, you never see it. And people are more likely to say, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You can add on to my, my income taxes because yeah, I just, I, it's not like something I have to go to, you know, some government, um, you know, building somewhere and go pay. It just gets taken out automatically. Um, it's kind of like, like fee increases instead of raising taxes. Governments love to do that too, because if, if I get charged a fee instead of, uh, raising taxes, well, that looks a whole lot better to people. People definitely can do that because, Hey, it's just a fee. Right. And that's what's happening here. And it's, it's kind of what the American car companies did. And it, they, they designed back in the, like the seventies and things, the American car companies, and, and it's still actually to this day, it's some somewhat, but just not nearly the, the, the goal, but the American car companies had a goal. It was called design obsolescence. And what would happen is they were, their goal was to make as much money on the customer after the sale of the car as they did on the sale of the car. So things were designed to go out and then you had to come in and you had to buy their, their parts and have their, their guy, you know, put it in and, and that type of thing. And so it kind of reminds me of that. And that of course led to the Japanese car companies and things like that, um, you know, growing and, and, and so it kind of reminds me of that kind of thing. It will increase competition. I, 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 I can, I can see BMW and and others that do this kind of stuff just not doing very well with it. This is this is not good, and it and we see it in all different types of things uh, t today. Um, just not a trend uh, that I'm a fan of. So you may agree and you may disagree with that, but I would definitely love to hear from you on it. And of course, you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite.